Wow, incredible. How many of you are enjoying it this morning? Yeah, there's a few, few here this morning that are enjoying it. How many of you here are enjoying the presence of God? Well, this morning is going to be a powerful, powerful morning. Why don't you tell the person next to you and tell them that this morning is going to be a powerful morning. Powerful, powerful morning. But I'm just so excited. Very powerful. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to give something away this morning. Remember Jürgen? Who remembers when Jürgen was here? He had this book. God in Hollywood. Who wants this book? Oh, yeah. You want this book? Aaron, you want it? There you go. Well, this morning, well, I'm just so excited about this morning because I I am so convinced. I know that God is going to do something very powerful here this morning. I'm just buzzing. I could hardly sleep last night. And, uh, yeah, I just kept on waking up. I think, my goodness, this is going to be a great morning. And uh, it is going to be a great morning. And, uh, yeah, anyway, (laughs) I'm going to get into it. I'm just sort of, I'm so excited. I just don't know where to start. (laughs) Uh, but it's good. Hey, it was awesome just to hear about uh, just what happened in Uganda, and uh, it's a very powerful thing. And uh, and uh, anyway, this morning, this morning, it's amazing. A few people must be sick or, or, or something, um, and uh, there's a few empty seats here this morning, but that's okay. That's okay. A whole lot of people couldn't make it up this morning. About. About 120,000 people couldn't make it here this morning. 120,000 means the whole Napier and Hastings couldn't make it this morning. It's our job. I'll tell you what, we're going to make a deal here this morning. Can we make a bit of a deal? Yeah. Can we make a deal this morning? Can we have an agreement this morning between all of you and, and me? This morning, I will give you something from God that will absolutely change your life. I will give you something this morning. If you're in business, it will make you one heck of a lot of money. Well, it could make you a lot of money. I tell you, it will absolutely change your life. Your job this morning is to take a hold of what God says to you this morning and take it to the rest of the 120,000 that couldn't make it this morning. Can I get an amen this morning? You sure? Are we going to do that? I mean, I, I want you to be able to take this message to the rest of the people in Hawke's Bay because this message will change the life of Hawke's Bay. Are you ready this morning? Yeah. All right. Okay, you can, um, I just want you right now, even though, you know, there's a, all the MOT, all the traffic officers today say, belt up, belt up, I mean, just in case you have an accident or belt, you know, restrain yourself in your seat. So this morning, I just want to go against that, and I want to say, unbuckle yourself from your seat. If you want to get excited this morning, flip a neck. If you want to jump up on your seat and shout, praise God. Man, you do it this morning, because I tell you, we're going to have a great morning. Are you ready to start? Okay, let's pray. Holy Ghost, we welcome your presence into this place right now. Lord, we welcome your life-changing power into this place right now. Lord God, I pray today, Lord, that you would open up our eyes. Father, that you would lift us to a new level. Father, that you would take us to places, Father, we've never been before. Lord, today, Lord, let us see, Father, the impossible become the possible today. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said. One more time, everybody said. Have you got your Bibles with you this morning? Come on, give me a wave. You got your Bible this morning. Now, wave your Bibles. 
Look at that. That's powerful. Sarah Lee, have you got your Bible this morning? Where's your Bible, love? It's at home. Oh, dear. Well, we've got a computer here that will just pull it up on you. Are you got your Bibles? If you want to turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This is a powerful message. Oh. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Everybody got that? Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Who's got that in their Bibles? Who's got that in their Bibles? Awesome. Here we go. Now, Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went in, sorry, none went out, and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and all the mighty men of valor. Awesome. Powerful thing today. For those of you that don't know about the story, it's like God has a... a God had taken the, the, the people, the, the people of Israel were, Israel were caught up in the, in the land of bondage in the, with, the, uh, with the Egyptians. And uh, God, through his miraculous power, worked through a man and uh, had a plan and a purpose uh, for, the, for the people of Israel. Just like God has got a plan and a purpose for your life, God has got a plan and a purpose for this church, God has got a plan for the purpose for our region, God has got a plan and a purpose for our nation and every person in it. Somebody say amen. The problem is, uh, since the beginning of time, or since the beginning of, uh, uh, from Adam, uh, when sin entered the world, there's been a separation from there, and uh, uh, everyone is born into sin. People are born into sin. People are born into a land of bondage. People are born into the land of the Egyptian. But it's God's purpose that he takes us out of that and into a promised land. See, friend, today, God has wanted to take you and I. God has wanted to take our church. God has wanted to take the region of Hawke's Bay. God has wanted to take the nation of New Zealand outside of a land of bondage and into the promised land. That's exciting. That's something to get excited about. And it says, I mean, it says, and, and, uh, and so they went through the process, and eventually they get to this place, and, 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 uh, and Moses got the people out, and, but then they had a time of wandering in the wilderness, and, and then they come around it again for the second time. Everybody said the second time. The second time. And here we go, it was Joshua. They've come through the, they've come through the Jordan River, they've come to the, the place of the promised land. They've come to a place in their lives where they are ready to possess the promised land. For many people here today, you're in a place now we are ready to possess the promised land. I believe as a church right now we're in a place we are, we are ready to possess the promised land. We are ready to possess and take rightful dominion in the place of, of Hastings and the place of New Zealand. Everybody say amen. But how many times, sometimes it's like, but uh, when they come, when he comes to Jericho, it, it was securely shut up. It was, I mean, if you can imagine Jericho, Jericho had big walls. They used to race chariots around the walls. That's how big Jericho was. And it's like, how many times it's like, you get, sometimes you, you get a vision or you get a dream. Yeah, man, we're going to this promised land. We're going to build a great church. Man, our nation is going to be a great nation. But when it comes to reality, when it comes down to, when push comes to shove, I didn't think it was going to look like that. I thought we were just going to walk through and, but, <laughs> Those walls are pretty big, and so we look at our our, our um, sometimes we look at our city, we look at what's going on, and uh, you know we have a promised land, but there's some pretty big walls out there. 
Sometimes it's like, God, we pray that you'll give us our city. And, uh, and sometimes we think, well, um, is this going to all just happen? We're just going to waltz in without a problem. But sometimes things don't work out as though we think that would work out. You know what I'm talking about. It's like, for example, you look at the city right now. I mean, there's, through New Zealand, there's a big drug problem. Drugs everywhere. So many lives are getting destroyed by, and it's like it's a wall thinking, well, oh God, I mean, how can that wall come down? There's so many, I and mean, there's the mongrel mob and the black power, and, and oh, what are we going to do? But look, it says here, it's, now Jericho was securely shut up, and the Lord said to Joshua, see, exclamation mark, see, look, I have given it into your hand today. It's like, for some people, they'll look at that thing and say, yeah, right, don't you see God? Don't you see what's happening in our society today? Don't you see what's going on? We've got an atheist government. and, and uh, Don't you see, Lord? I mean, for, for so many people, what they see would be one thing. But God is saying, see, I've given it into your hand today. Friend, it doesn't matter what our community looks like. It doesn't matter what our nation looks like. It doesn't matter what your circumstances look like today. See. God has given you a promised land today. Today, I want to ask you this question. What do you see? What do you see? See, if we want to see in the natural, we've got to first see it in our heart. You've got to first have, a, have it in your spirit. You've got to have a dream. You've got to have a vision, just like Andy was saying before. You've got to have a vision in your heart. You've got to have something. And with Joshua, he, he saw a glimpse. He went into there. He had a taste of the promised land. He caught that vision off Moses. And he carried that dream in his heart. He had something to live for. Friend, what are you carrying in your heart today? Do you have a dream for your life? Do you have a dream for our church? Do you have a dream for the nation of New Zealand? Do you have a dream for Hawke's Bay? Do you have a dream for your business? What are you carrying in your heart? What do you see in your heart today? What do you see? What do you not, to, when I was saying, what do you see not with your natural eyes, but what do you see in your heart today? What do you see on your heart? See, the thing is, many people love Jesus, but they don't have a dream. They don't have a vision. They don't have something, they don't have something to live for. Today, would you give your life for anything? What, do you, what would you give your life for? Would you die today? Is there something that you would die for today? What do you carry in your heart? So, so many people, you know, we come up in the front of church and, and, and jump and shout and praise Jesus, which is a wonderful thing, but still carry no dream, have no purpose. All they do is just go from one Sunday to the next. So the band can stripe, huck, stripe and then get goosebump feelings, but actually don't carry a dream. See, the children of Israel had lived in the wilderness for so long, they had a mentality of survival, not of success. See, we need to cross. There's a line there where we need to cross where we start to believe God for miracles of success and stop believing God for miracles just to survive. Friend, God has called you and I to stand out in the community. God has called you and I to make a difference. God has called you and I to build something great. Except so many people, they live just to survive.
Friend, God has called you, whether it be in business, whether you be at school, God has called you to actually stand out and make a difference, to do something big, to do something great for God. But so many people, they get caught in that element, they, they caught in that, that attitude, they all think, God, I just need you to survive. And there's many people out in the world that are like that. But there comes a time when we're going to cross Jordan and say, hey, I need something bigger. Oh, man, this is, I don't know about you, but I'm, that's got me going. You know, there's some things, and we look at, I mean, I don't know about you, but man, I know there's going to be some walls come down this morning. There's going to be some walls come down in your life. There's going to be some walls come down in this church. There's going to be some walls come down in this, in this nation. There will be some walls that come down in this city. There will some be some high schools that walls come down. There will be some government institutions that the walls will come down. Some of you in business have struggled against some walls. They're going to come down today too. You want to know how to do that? You want to know how? Here we go. Oh. See, the Jericho, and as the story goes on, the, the children of Israel marched around, and they let out this powerful shout, and the walls came down, and they destroyed everything in it. Friend, it wasn't just because of the shout. There was a whole process. There was a whole line of things that happened for those walls to come down. And friends, if we can get some of these things out of our lives that are stopping those walls coming down and put some stuff in, friend, you will see that thing happen in your life. One of the first things is our words, the words that we speak, the words that come out of our mouth. And it's like, a, you know, in our nation, there, is a, there, there does tend to be, an, an, I guess in human nature, there tends to be a natural tendency to, to pull down, to talk down, or, to, or with our words to speak down. You could say, well, God can't use me because I'm dumb. Or God can't use me because of this, or... Um, make excuses or, or tear people down or are always trying to see the negative side of people and, and, and project that. Friends, the words that we speak are powerful. See, the, our words, our, the words that come out of our mouth create the world that we live in. They create the world that you live in. When you look at when you look at speech, for example, when you look at the words that come out of, when you look at the words, that, the first words that were spoken, who knows the first words that were spoken? Who knows? Come on, quickly, somebody. Someone stand up. Someone stand up and tell me. Bill, let me be like, can I ask you this question? Who was he speaking to? I don't know. So I'm asking you. <laughs> he wasn't speaking to anyone. He was saying, let there be, let something become. See, the first speech, the first words that came out were not communication. They were for creation. See, God said, let there be, let there be, let there be light. See, first of all, God creates an atmosphere and then he fills it. Fills it. Friend, the words that we speak out of our mouths, they create an atmosphere. What words are coming out of your mouth today? Are you pulling things down? Are you, what words are you coming out? What excuses do we make? Well, we can't because there's so, we can't build a church here because there's so many witches here. I mean, don't understand how many witches are. Uh, 
Where it speaks to, you, when you look at Adam, he said, Adam said, uh, God said to Adam, Adam, I want you to, uh, to, to name all the animals. I want you to do something, speak. And whatever you call them, that's what they will be. So many people say, well, I'm dumb. So I can, that is, you're speaking that over your life. You are not dumb. Whatever you speak over your life, the words that we speak, they have power, they have the power of life and death. In Joshua 1, uh, God said to Joshua, don't let the word of God leave your mouth. Friends, we're going to speak the word of God. The word of God is life. It brings life. It brings life into hopeless situations. Friends, we're going to speak words that are positive, words that are uplifting. Friends, the Bible says, you look in, uh, in, in Proverbs or Psalms or somewhere, it says the voice of the Lord is powerful, the voice of the Lord is mighty, the voice of the Lord is, breaks the cedars. Friend, when you ask Jesus Christ into your life, he puts his spirit inside of you, and that voice is inside of you. That creative power lives within inside of you, so whatever you speak, you will create an atmosphere. You want to see things a little bit different? Start changing the way you speak. Unbelief is another one that will stop you from inheriting that land. When you look at the spies that went in, how many spies went in? Twelve spies went in. Twelve spies went in. All those spies saw the same thing. They saw the same giants. They saw the same milk and honey. They saw the same land. They saw with their natural eyes the same thing. However, Two came out, uh, twelve, ten came out and said, we can't do this. What we saw is too big for us. What we saw is too great for us. We can't do it. Two came out and said, man, this thing is just delivered into our hands. We can't do it. You know what? Both, all the twelve were 100% correct. Those, they said they couldn't, didn't. Those that said they can, did Friends, whether you say you can or you can't, you will be 100% correct. Unbelief. Uh, in uh, Numbers chapter 14, uh, Numbers chapter 14, verse 24, it says, um, But my servant Caleb, because he had a different spirit in him, and everybody say, a different spirit. See, Caleb was one of those two spies that went in. He had a, a different spirit. How many people this morning? You've got a different spirit. You've got something else that's different from the world. Friend, I have a different spirit. Unbelief. There's a spirit of unbelief that comes around people. I can't do that because of this and because of that. We can do this because we have God in us. Unbelief, major, 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 bad boy, bad, bad boy. Another one is fear. If you have fear, all you will see is impossibilities. Friends, fear is a nasty thing. It was a nasty spirit that will come around your life and rob you of what God has planned for your life. Is it a, I mean, there can be plenty of other things, but we're just, just racing through them this morning. And uh, you can look at all this up yourself. Um, so there's so many different things that can stop you. Words, unbe- the words that we speak, uh, unbelief, uh, um, the way we see things, the, uh, uh, fear. 
You know, for so many young people, it's like, young people, we need to have an attitude that, uh, we need to, uh, not just to survive in school, but actually to make a difference. God has put you in that particular school to make a difference. God has called you, God has placed you in there, not to blend in with the crowd, but to stand out. The walls came down. What happened in chapter 6 that, uh, that, that caused the walls to come down? If you want to find out what happened to, uh, uh, what caused those walls to come down, let's just turn back into, uh, you don't have to turn back at all, you just have to look up. In, cha- in, in, uh, in, uh, jo- in Joshua chapter 5, I want to see the strategy that Joshua used, one of the strategies that Joshua used to, uh, to bring down those walls. In verse 13, chapter 5 and verse 13, it says this. And when it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, he was near Jericho, he could see it, that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man stood opposite with him, his sword drawn with his hand. And Joshua went to him and asked to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? He said, No, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped him. And he said, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy ground. And Joshua did so. Friend, the first thing we've got to do is say, And Joshua lifted up his eyes. So many times it's like we, when you look at circumstances on a ground level, all you'll see is what other people see. But first thing Joshua did, he's got lifted up his eyes. In other words, look at it how God sees it. And in uh, and, uh, and Revelation chapter 4, I think chapter 4, chapter 6, I think, yeah, chapter 4. God says to um, uh, John's here. John is in, this, is in this time of prayer and, and uh, all of a sudden his eyes were opened and he saw a, a door opened in heaven and he heard a voice saying, come up here, I want to show you something. Friends, we've got to learn to lift up our eyes and see life, see circumstances from God's perspective. When you start to see things at eye level, you start to see how man looks at things and it will start to limit how you see. But when you get into a helicopter and start to look at how God sees stuff, things will be different. You'll see things from a totally new perspective. Sometimes we've just got to learn to start to think about God and who He is. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. By His word, He spoke everything into being. By His hand, he spans the universe. He holds the, the waters of the earth in the hollow of his hand. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The way I do things is not the way that you do things. The way I think about things, the way I see opportunities is different than the way I want you. I don't want to come down and look at I want you to come up and see life how I see it. I want you to come up and see circumstances how I see it. I want you to come up and see how uh, I want you to see uh, Hastings like I see Hastings. I want you to see Hawke's Bay the way I see Hawke's Bay. I want you to see New Zealand the way I see New Zealand. See, when I look this morning, I don't see 400 people. I see 120,000 people that couldn't make it this morning. What do you see? 
What do you see? What do you see? He lifted up his eyes, saw it from a different perspective. He had a dream. See, Joshua had a dream. He had something to live for. Every one of us needs to have a dream. And I believe that this morning, God wants to give some of us dreams here this morning. Young people, God wants to give you a purpose to live for. Not just wallow around because the Bible says that without a dream, without a vision, people perish. Don't be a young person that perishes. Oh, hey, my goody hunt. Oh. Don't be satisfied just to see God and worship. You know, this morning we come and we, we experience the touch of God. We see God, see a part of God. Don't be satisfied just to have it on the Sunday morning. Say, so God, this, this anointing that we feel in this place right now, see, God wants us to take that and apply it to our life. See, one of the things with Joshua was he just didn't just come and stand. He did stand in the presence of God, absolutely. He waited upon God. But he took what he got in that place and he used it, made it part of his life. See, worship is a very powerful thing. See, often, I tell you right now that God never changes. But often the way we see God changes. Our perspective changes. Sometimes we just need to learn to get up a little bit higher and see things how God sees things. And so he said, lifted up his eyes and looked, and Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped. Fell on his face to the earth. Wait a minute. I'm not talking about carpet. On the earth. Friend, worship is a powerful weapon. Worship is a powerful thing that we can do. It's part of our heart. We connect with, we connect with God. There's a, there's a union between, uh, between God and us, and there's a... There's a life flow that comes in there. Worship. He lived a... And when I say worship, he doesn't live a worship. He doesn't just come, come to church on Sunday. I'm not talking about just coming up here with a song. It's like having a lifestyle of worship. What do you listen to when you're in your car? Having a lifestyle of worship. And, and, but it's like... I mean, you look at David, for example. David turned his job into a worship. As he was in his job, he, he waited upon the Lord. He sought the Lord. He learned things in worship. He touched something in God in worship. And when the time came for him to face Goliath, he was ready. Because he had already, he had taken something from God. He had touched God and there was a, there was a, a connection there. Friend, make worship a lifestyle, not just on Sunday. Every morning, every night, make sure the stuff that you've got in your car that you're listening to, that you're not listening to, to some of the rubbish on the radio, but that you're, 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 you're listening to something which has got worship. That it's got, whatever, just have a look at worship in its whole thing. I mean, we're, just look, we're just, look, just running past these things now, but I mean, any one of these points that you could make a whole message on. He fell on his face in the presence of his enemy. See, he was by Jericho. He fell on his face. He wasn't in a building. He was outside. He fell on his face onto the earth. When you look at that, so many people, some people would look at them and thought, maybe they've already killed him. Maybe somebody just had a high-powered arrow on him. He wasn't afraid to get down and dirty. 
He wasn't afraid. He was passionate in his worship. I'm not just talking about Jesus. He was like, God, I worship you. God, I'm in love with you. God, you are magnificent. God, you are awesome. Passionate worship, friend. Not just, oh, Jesus, we just... It was passionate worship. With a measure that you give, so will be measured back to you. Oh, my goodness. See, the friends, the size of the enemy gets smaller when you're in the presence of God. The Bible says hills, they melt like wax in his presence. How many people here this morning, you've got some hills that need to be melted right now. I'll tell you right now, there's some hills that need to be melted this morning. Friends, whatever you're facing, whatever wall, the Bible says the hills melt like wax in his presence. Somebody shout amen. Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. Oh, yeah. Friends, what are you feeding? What are you feeding on in the face of your enemy? What are you feeding on? I say, what are you listening to? What sort of TV programs are you watching? Oh. I mean, there's a smutter on TV. I, I, didn't even, I didn't even turn it on last night. I just read the thing on the... On the and then this movie there, oh, I forgot what the name was called. But the whole movie was about... Uh, what was it about? It was about, about a man and his wife, and they were... He wasn't happy in his marriage, and, and so he started to lust after the, his daughter's friend. And What are you feeding on? What are you feeding on? Young people... Stuff like Shortland Street, home and away. It's like, oh my God. It's, it's dumb. The wrestling's much better. People look at that stuff and think, well, maybe that's how a relationship was supposed to work. It's okay if, I, if, I, uh, if I'm a girl and I kiss her or boy. What are you feeding on? With David, when he was, uh, he didn't know he was going to face Goliath. But what he fed himself on when he was ready to face Goliath, when Goliath came, friend, when your Goliath comes, you'll know what you've been feeding on. When you're going to stand up and preach in front of your high school, you better know what you've been feeding on. You know what I'm talking about. It says, Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped. And then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandal. And Joshua's obedient. Another one. We're going to be have an attitude of obedience and humility. Sometimes we try and do things on our own strength. We try and use our, our good looks, our charm, whatever. whatever. Try and do things our own strength. But friend, as a Christian, God has called us to die to self. So many times it's like we try and hold on to our own life. The Bible says whoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. So friend, we need to become God conscious instead of self conscious. And I ask you today, who is living inside of you? God or you? Friend, every one of us has our own ambitions. We have we have our little things that we want and crave. Friend, the devil will come and he'll try, he, he'll come and try and lure your soul with, with all sorts of uh, temptations, which will look very appealing. 
But friend, God has called you and I to die to self. In Galatians 2 verse 20, as Paul says, Friend, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. In other words, I've laid down my life, I've laid down my hopes, my desires. It's no longer I that lives, but my life, my purpose, my plan, my vision, my dream is no longer mine. It is God's will. Not my will for my life, it's God's will. When Jesus went to the cross, he said, God, I don't really want to do this, it's going to hurt, it's going to be painful. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Friends, you're going to die to self. And friends, when you die to self, it's like when you say something like this, well... I can't do that because this and that. I can't reach my school. I can't, we, can't, we can't see a church of 10,000 people in this church because of this. What you're really saying is this. You're really saying, Christ that lives within me can't do. Christ that is with me in me can't do. Friends, we're going to start to let go of self-consciousness. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens. All things through Christ who strengthens me. Friends, we're going to die to When you die to self, Christ will live in you. When we die, when we lay our hopes and desires down, and the things that we want, when we lay those things down, friend, Christ will start to live in you. If you want Christ to live in you, why don't you just give him a shout of praise? So your full potential will never, ever be realized until you die to self. You have a choice. Every day, you... When you wake up, whether you will live your life or you will live the life of God, you will, live, you will die and you will let Christ live through you. We have that choice every day. You'll never put, your full potential will never be realized as long as you are still alive. Adam had dominion in the garden because he was God-conscious. The minute he became self-conscious, he lost Dominion. Moses, when he came up against the red, when he came up, the whole nation was trapped and was about to get slaughtered. And they were unarmed and the army was coming and it's like, oh, what a tricky situation. This is not a nice situation to be in. He could have got self-conscious and said, whoa, it's too much, too big. Shouldn't have done this. He was God-conscious. He just... Here we go, straight through. Paul, another one, God conscious. Little snakes come out of the fire and bit them on the hand. I mean, there's plenty of snakes in life that come out and bit us on the hand. We're not expecting it. But I just shook the mongrel off. He was God conscious, not self conscious. Friend, we need to become God conscious. Oh, yeah. You know what? You'll never, this is going to be a little, this is going to be a little, just take this the right way. You'll never ever get what you believe or dream for. That's got your sign. You'll only get what you settle for. See, Moses had a dream to get from God to get the children of Israel out of Egypt. And went up against Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to him, ah, uh, he said, you can go, but just, just the men can go. I want everything else to stay behind. Your, your wives, your children, your, your livestock. And, uh, he said, no, no. 
comes back again and says, okay, you can take your, your, go take the man, take the woman, take the children, but your livestock can stay here. No, no, no. We are all going out. We are all going into the promised land. Friend, at any moment there, he could have stopped. He could have just been satisfied and said, oh yeah, that'll, he could have compromised, but he said, no way! We're all going out. If he just stopped, then his dream would have been half fulfilled. You will, you will get to the place where you're satisfied at. You'll get to the place where you settle at. Friend, I'm not, I'm not satisfied to have a church of 400 people, especially when there's 120,000 people out there. We could just sit back and say, yeah, well, it's not a bad-sized church for this sort of area. I'm not satisfied. I want more. I don't want just a bunch of people coming out. I want the whole flipping 120,000. Absolutely possible. Oh, flipping. Somebody get excited about the house tonight. Come on. You'll get what you settle for. Today, what do you see? What do you see? Maybe for you, natural vision is dictated too much for what you see. Maybe you've looked at things from this level for too long. Maybe you need to, to get up higher and look at things from where God sees things. What are you seeing today? Joshua fulfilled Moses' dream because he saw something different, because he had a different spirit, because he said something different, because he carried a dream in his heart. Friends, he fulfilled Moses' dream where Moses could have done that. Friend, don't let today, don't let another generation fulfill the dream that's in your heart today. Caleb, down the track a bit further, he says, he's talking to, jo- he's talking to um, what's his name, Joshua? And he says, Joshua, my kitty heart. He says, we were 40 when we went into that flipping land. We were 40, 45 somewhere. He said, now 45 years later, he's 85, and he says, Joshua, man, I'm still as strong as I was back then. Give me this mountain, I will take it on. For some of you sitting here and you're more mature, but the dream, do you still have the same strength? Friend, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see about yourself? But I'm old, matey. I'm 60. You don't know. What do you see? Young people, it's like, but you don't know me. I'm young and I've got a stutter. I'm fat. I'm ugly. What do you see? I mean, what do you see in here? Friend, what do you see this morning? Oh, there's a promised land. We are right there, church. For some of you today, some walls need to come down. Some of you in business, it's like, well, yeah, I'm satisfied to have a, a million-dollar business. Well, you can stay there. But some of you, no, I don't want a million-dollar. I want my business to be a billion-dollar business. I was talking to somebody the other day, and he said, 
He said, man, I'm looking for, man, I, I'm going to do the largest uh, private enterprise ever done in Hawke's Bay. don't know how it's all going to come together, but I see it. Friends, I want a big church, not of just four or five hundred people. I want a church of 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 people. From when I stand here today, I can see it. What do you see today? Well, we need to get a dream. Oh, yeah. Well, that's about it. Come on, somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. Come on, stand to your feet. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, we give you all honor and all glory today. Father, we say open up our eyes. Father, let us see this morning. Lord, let us not see with our natural eyes. Father, give us a dream. Father, give us a vision today in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody give it up for Jesus this morning.